Make some noise. Yo, yo, yo. This, who is this guy, is Wes McElroy on Fox Sports 910 and FoxSportsRichmond.com. Call the show at 345-0910 or email Wes at FoxSportsRichmond.com. Here he is. He is the man. Wes McElroy. Two in a bag and one to go on this Friday. Thank God it's Friday. It is a free pizza football Friday brought to you by Chinello's Pizza. Thanks for cranking us up, whether it be on Fox Sports 910 or the iHeartRadio app. Paulie, we didn't give away a gift card, did we, in the 7 o'clock hour? We did. We did? We did, actually. We didn't give one away in the 8 o'clock hour. We have not. All right, we'll do that coming up as we give you Chinello's free pizza all morning long. Man, we got a busy 8 o'clock hour before we roll out of here for the weekend. Coming up. You know, what, what's that line? You, you can't lose something if you never had it at all? Yeah, tell that to a Hokie fan this morning. They lose a guy who could have been a big part of their offense. We'll bring back part of our conversation with Andy Bitter of the Roanoke Times as Virginia Tech l- looking for playmakers and losing a potential one yesterday. Michael Phillips of the Times-Dispatch will be jumping on a little bit later this hour. Redskins off today from training camp, so don't go out there looking for any kind of practice or walkthrough or autograph. They're off today, but the discussion still remains around Jordan Reed's toe and the soreness in the toe. And Michael talked to Jordan Reed yesterday off the field, and we're going to talk about that discussion. But yesterday, speaking for the first time since uh, camp began, and and Reed said this toe has been nagging him all last year into the offseason, said it was getting better, participated in the team's summer workout, started bugging him again, went and got stem cell treatment, and that kind of flared things up. And now he's just letting it calm down before he gets back out there. He's not participated in training camp. Did go see a specialist this week, Dr. Robert Anderson in Charlotte. It was a planned visit. And I guess the good news is the doctor said, hey, it's rest. You need rest. You don't need surgery. You need rest. And Jordan Reed saying he's got to take his time, let it heal and strengthen up. And the doctor said, you can't go until it's fully healed. So the good news is it's not surgery. It's rest. The questionable news is if it's been bugging him since 2016 and bugging him in the offseason and bugging him after minicamp, is this going to bug him all year long? If rest is the only answer, is there enough time to rest and get this properly healed? Because the other thing that Jordan Reed brought up with Michael is what the doctor said he was doing is he was compensating for the toe pain and he was rolling his ankle. That's a real bad thing. I mean, that's going from toe soreness to something that's going to keep you out for weeks and weeks and weeks and maybe the season. So if rest is the only answer, is there enough time now to rest and get this thing properly healed? Is it something he's going to have to fight through? Because he is a tight end slash wide receiver, and you do need your toe to push off. So, yes, it may be a toe, and it may seem little to you, but it's kind of a big deal to his position. Michael Phillips will be with us coming up. All guests appearing on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. And that includes Will Brinson of CBS Sports because it's a big football weekend. Had the Hall of Fame game last night, Dallas and Arizona. means we've got the Hall of Fame ceremonies coming up this weekend. And uh, Jerry Jones polarizing but going in. I believe he's a Hall of Famer. I believe in, in the essence of being a contributor to the game. Jerry Jones, to me, is a Hall of Famer. LaDainian Tomlinson, probably my favorite out of the group. Kurt Warner. One of the most incredible stories in all of sports. I do believe, and I have said this many times, and I've fought the fight for Kurt Warner. He's a Hall of Famer. It's not the Hall of Stats. It's not the Hall of Super Bowls. It's the Hall of Fame. And under those contexts, yes, Hall of Famer to me. Ask Will Brinson about that 
But also the big story around the NFL is what's going on in Miami. Now, the latest according to Adam Schefter with Ryan Tannehill, out six to eight weeks or could have season-ending surgery. Now, I'm seeing this report. There's no indication of exactly what is wrong with the knee. Now, they did. the results came back last night that there was no tear. Tannehill's coming off that ACL-MCL tear. So there's no tear, but there's clearly something that's not right there where the doctors are talking weeks or potential season-ending surgery. Now, that's Adam Schefter. The, the report that came out, and I, I want to have Will on because Will, I saw, was the first person to write a column about this, and he had it up is Jeff Darlington of ESPN reporting that there's interest from Jay Cutler to possibly delay his broadcast career and come back to the NFL if the Dolphins would want slash need him. And I'm going to talk to Will Brinson about this because he wrote his piece yesterday and he had it up by noon and it stated all the reasons of why Colin Kaepernick is not the answer, but rather Jay Cutler. Now, brace yourself, and I'm telling you, please do not shoot the messenger, at least not yet, but I'm just bracing I'm telling you, this is going to happen multiple times, August, September, October, November. If Colin Kaepernick is not with any team, every time a quarterback goes down, gets injured, somebody stinks, the name Colin Kaepernick will surface. Tannehill going down, I'm not surprised the Colin Kaepernick conversation goes right there. I'm not surprised because this is the instant reaction. However, in Miami, there's a couple things at play one off the field, and one on the field. The one on the field is Jay Cutler's a better fit for that offense down there. He knows Adam Gase. Those two have worked together in Chicago. And, yes, you can sit here and we get into discussion back and forth and just a strictly football discussion, who's the better quarterback? Right now, it's Colin Kaepernick. But the question is, who's the better quarterback for Adam Gase's system? And Jay Cutler, two years ago, Threw over 64%, had 28 touchdowns and 11 interceptions for a Bears team that didn't have a whole lot of weapons. So better quarterback, power rankings, however you want to do it. Yeah, I'm putting Colin Kaepernick above Jay Cutler. But when you guys start throwing those words out system quarterback and you make it sound like a bad thing, it's actually a good thing because coaches want quarterbacks who know their system. And in this case, Jay Cutler just makes more sense because this – This is, if I can use a comparison, this is like going back to school and realizing you're the principal and you don't have a teacher for a certain classroom. You want somebody who knows the curriculum. You want somebody who can just walk right in, not somebody who needs to get a certain degree or an accreditation. That's Jay Cutler. And the crazy part may be the second best option might be Brock Osweiler. Now for Colin Kaepernick, look, off the field when it comes to Kaepernick, Most cities, most NFL teams, what's going on in Baltimore, the discussion comes back to Colin Kaepernick and police officers, conversations about Colin Kaepernick and how the veterans feel. In Miami, uh, this story didn't get talked about as much with Colin Kaepernick. There's a little thing about Colin Kaepernick when he came out and supported Castro, praised him about uh, the positive education system and how Castro ran it better in Cuba than the U.S. I'm not Cuban, haven't spent a whole lot of time in Florida, But I will tell you this, if you're trying to make friends with people in Miami or try to get some good public relations, probably not wise to start throwing attaboys at Castro and Cuba and saying, hey, they do it better there. That's not going to win you a lot of public support. And yes, uh, like in Baltimore, it's more than just what the coach may want. But in this case, I 
I think it's different because I think the thing that makes the most sense and what is probably most interesting is they could get Jay Cutler out of the booth. For all this discussion of will Tony Romo go back to Dallas if something happens with Dak Prescott or if he struggles, Jay Cutler could be leaving Fox to go back to Miami. So latest here is Ryan Tannehill, six to eight weeks or season-ending surgery. For what, we do not exactly know, but still up in the air. We'll talk to Will Brinson. He'll join us in 10 minutes. Paul, you're going to chime in? In Miami, 70% of the city's population is Hispanic, but 54% Cuban-American. So right there, the stats tell you, probably not a great idea wearing a Castro T-shirt and then being a quarterback in Miami. Plus, it doesn't feel like he'd be a great fit to that team. Well, that's what I was saying. Well, it, it... you can't say that because you don't know the locker room. It's more about system. Well, not, not yeah, that's more what I meant is system. Team-wise, locker room-wise, I think we've all kind of got, come to the conclusion that in the locker room, he wouldn't be that much of a distraction. It's the owners. It's how the owners would feel about signing him. I don't know. I, I don't know. Was it Steven Ross down there? I'm, I'm looking at this from a football standpoint. Let me say this, and this kind of goes back to the disagreement that Michael Robinson and I had yesterday. And I, I'll just preface this by saying, I realize that there are three types of people in my audience when it comes to Colin Kaepernick. One, who find this interesting. Two, who don't want to hear any more about it. And three, those who say they don't want to hear any more about it and then call or write me a litany in an email. They're my three people. Michael Robinson and I disagreed about this yesterday, that Colin Kaepernick has been his own worst enemy. One, because you can't generalize. And we, we seem to do this with this story. We just generalize. The entire NFL is against Colin Kaepernick. Everybody's against Colin Kaepernick. There's actually teams in the NFL that don't even think of Colin Kaepernick because they don't care. They don't need him. Our teams? Yeah. And, and I, I do believe that Colin Kaepernick is one of the best 64 quarterbacks. But you just can't say that. There's so many things, and I think the Baltimore discussion was interesting this week because, as I've been asking for months now, poll the NFL owners, would you want Colin Kaepernick? But then also run a separate poll, how many coaches would? Coaches' jobs to win games. Owners' jobs, make money and win games. But Colin Kaepernick has been his own worst enemy here. And he's got, Colin Kaepernick's got a fight, and he's got a message. And I applaud people with a fight and a message, even if I disagree with them. But he is constantly, and this is what sometimes with Colin Kaepernick supporters, and Mike and I disagreed with yesterday. Some people don't, the Colin Kaepernick supporters don't want to understand this, that he has distorted that message in the most radical ways. His message has been about social injustice. And instantly when he sits for the national anthem, he just detours because he offends veterans. He meets with veterans about what to do. I'm sorry, I didn't want to offend you. They say, hey, look, we'll come to a compromise. Take a knee. Colin Kaepernick met with veterans, took a knee. But then he decides to show off socks with pigs on them. He, he posts a picture with a police officer's badge next to a slave patrol badge. Now his girlfriend takes a poster of, uh, what is it, or it's a scene from Django Unchained with master and slave owner and puts it next to Ray Lewis and Steve Bishotti. Trust me, in this business... There's a way to deliver a message. There's a way to radically deliver a message. And there are way more ways to alter and distort a message. And Kaepernick has done that. And I have tried to be one of the few who's been open-minded to his message as much as I disagree with how he's done it. There is a message about social injustice and police brutality. And one of my big problems with Colin Kaepernick is you cannot make a sweeping generalization about anybody. 
and you can't do it about the police officers. There's a lot of good cops out there, man. There's a lot, and there's way more good cops than there are bad cops. And one thing that I disagree with Michael yesterday when Michael said, you know, why, why don't police officers stand up and come out against this publicly? And my, my, my said, I said to Mike, I said, look, you know, your, your teammates did something bad, something wrong, or you don't know everything about it. Are you instantly jumping in the media to go after them? But the one thing that I said about Mike and we, he said about me is we may come from different angles, but at least we can talk about this. People just go to extremes and they want to paint this with a broad brush. And the biggest one is Colin Kaepernick. And you can't do that. We did that in the 80s. You know, oh, oh, who's got AIDS? All gay people. Oh, you start generalizing anything in life, you are in for a big, big mistake. But with the Dolphins, if you just want to keep it about football, to me, the one that makes the better sense is Jay Cutler. Power rankings, better quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. Makes more sense in Miami. It's Jay Cutler, believe it or not. I never thought I would say best option, Jay Cutler. At least not in 2017. Will Brinson of CBSSports.com has been on this story. We're going to go around the NFL with him about what's going on in Miami. What's going on with Hall of Fame weekend? What camp is he paying attention to? And, and I don't know if Will's yet made it to Richmond. I haven't seen him, but is there a storyline besides Kirk Cousins that he is looking in on Richmond about the Washington Redskins? Will Brinson goes around the NFL with us, and we'll tackle those Redskins with Michael Phillips of the Times-Dispatch at 845, Fox Sports 910. Talk Redskins at 845 with Michael Phillips of the Times-Dispatch. We'll also check in on the Hokies who lose a potential playmaker. But right now, joining us as we hear that, CBS music, the NFL themes ringing this time of the year. Will Brinson, CBSSports.com, joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Let's start here with the, the Miami situation because I just got done talking about why Colin Kaepernick is not the quarterback of choice, and I, I came to that point because I read your fantastic piece at CBSSports.com. Who is the quarterback that makes the most sense for the Dolphins, Will? Well, Wes, I think it's uh, I think it's Jay Cutler, and I'm not a uh, I'm not some Jay Cutler apologist. That would be a dark <laughs> place to live my life. Not many uh, are, but I do. Yeah, right. I mean, you wake up in the morning and think, and you, you if you're a Jay Cutler apologist, you end up being some sort of like you're listening to Marilyn Manson in 2017, and you're super emo. <laughs> I mean, that's just you don't want to be the. the the dark corner Jay Cutler apology, but uh, <laughs> I, I do think that when you look at the fit with the Dolphins, there's some uh, there's some things that make sense here. You know, namely the the connection with Adam Gase. Jay Cutler played for him in 2015 in Chicago when Gase was the offensive coordinator there before he jumped and took the head coaching job in Miami. In large part because he made Jay Cutler look so good, and and I think you look at that 2015 season. What stands out about it is is that Jay Cutler was it was probably the most efficient he's been in his career. Counting stats-wise, he's you know, pretty close to the best that he's had. Uh, you know, seven three or seven six yards per attempt, I believe, sixty-four point five percent completions. And then, and then you think about the fact that Cutler, when he retired, he actually went on Adam Schefter's uh, ESPN podcast and talked to him about, you know, what whether he like Schefter asked him a good question, like if you would, if, if the Raiders lost Derek Carr in Week Ten or Week Fifteen. Um, in, a, in the playoff hunt, would you come back? And he's like, nah, you know, it's not really – you don't know the system. You don't know the building. It's hard to learn on the fly. It wouldn't be in great shape. But it's different in August with the coach he knows 
on a team that might desperately need a quarterback. Now, Matt Moore is a capable backup. He's one of the better backups in the league. And so they have him. They have, you know, they have the option of Kaepernick, but I don't think so. I, I would be surprised if they went that route because Kaepernick had that incident in, in Miami where he's wearing a Fidel Castro shirt that didn't go over well with plenty of people who live in Miami. I think Cutler makes sense if they can talk him out of retirement. I believe Fox has him in a three-man booth, which uh, may indicate yeah. that he is at least passed on you know, some sort of inclination to potentially return should the right scenario open up. Yeah, well, and I think it, you know, from his now new professional standpoint, unlike Tony Romo, I, I don't – I think Tony Romo walks out of CBS. He's on the A team. He's with Nance. That that could be, you know, that could be a career ender right there. There could be no spot for him left. But Cutler walks out or says right now, "Hey guys, I, I want to do this again." Delays it. Maybe there's not a job in the future, but he doesn't leave an, a burned bridge because it is a three man booth and it's not like they're high and dry for a color analyst. Yeah, exactly. And you saw, you know, I mean, I'm not going to speak for Tony Romo. He's he leapfrogged me on the on the pay scale at, at CBS. And the, <laughs> uh, but I but I think you're right. I mean, I think it would be. I think I I, I don't speak for any of my bosses either. But I, I I feel like there would be some disappointment if Tony Romo left. And I think Romo too is in the position where, you know, you know, sometimes you you know guys put no trade clauses in their contracts. I would guess that the only team that Tony Romo would ever play for at this point, would be the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, maybe if something happened to the Cowboys and he had to, you know, play the role of Superman, maybe that's a different story. But, yeah, you saw him last night. He's practicing with Jim Nance at the Hall of Fame game. He's getting ready for his career as, our, as the CBS Sports A-teamer. And I agree, Jay Cutler is a different story. Um, Jay Cutler was more likely to play football this year, I think, in terms of wanting to play but just not having the opportunity. I think Tony Romo, in my opinion, wanted to play for the Cowboys and only the Cowboys, and that opportunity wasn't there. I mean, he's made that clear in, in interviews. You know, he said that he, he that matters to him. And Cutler has played for you know played for the Broncos and and the Bears. I mean, he's played for different teams. The only real interested team that he had, according to what he said, was the Jets, and they signed Josh McCown before they could even really go down the road with Cutler. So I think if a coach that he knew. On a, on a team that was a playoff team last year with some good weapons and a, and a nice some nice offensive line pieces, uh, needed needed a quarterback, I think he would at least strongly consider it. And it wouldn't be surprising to me if, if Ryan Tannehill is indeed out for the season if the Dolphins ended up calling Jay Cutler. It's Will Brinson, CBSSports.com, joining us here on Fox Sports 910. Let me flip over to Baltimore. A couple of different situations at play. Flacco's health looks to be better. You've got this practice with the Ravens on Sunday at the Naval Academy, and then there's still the looming question of whether or not they sign Colin Kaepernick. Gut feel, do the Ravens end up signing Kaepernick? I think they would have signed him if, if Flacco was out for the year, right? I think this is a test of just like just how much do you really care about this stuff you claim you care about? Because if Kaepernick's out for the year, I think they don't even flinch. They ain't. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And they don't worry about the, the sponsors and stuff because people's jobs are on the line and they need to, they need to try and win games. 
I, it's pretty clear that Flacco is not going to miss substantial time, at least at this point, because they haven't really shored up the position. But, you know, if he if it's a, if it's a situation, the Ravens are, the Ravens are interesting because they've taken a lot of injury hits. And it is let's say Flacco misses four weeks of the regular season. When you look at the Ravens' schedule, it does not bode well for a Joe Flacco injury early. They have to come out, get out to a hot start. They have the Bengals on the road, which is a tough game. I think Cincinnati's better than people think. They get the Browns and Jaguars at home, which are win- very, very winnable games, but much less winnable if you don't have Joe Flacco. And that Jaguars game is in London. Excuse me, not at home, but the home team. So then, but then they don't take a bye, and then they have the Steelers at home after that. I mean, this is a brutal schedule to open up. And if Joe Flacco is not going to be ready, you need a quarterback who's capable of carrying you through those, those games. I don't know that Ryan Mallett's that guy. So my inclination, if they haven't signed Kaepernick yet, is that they think Joe Flacco will be ready for week one. He is Will Brinson, CBSSports.com. Go around the NFL, check out the latest CBSSports.com. Before I let you roll, we got the 2017 Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame class going in this weekend. If you could sit down and listen to one speech and one speech only this weekend, who would it be? Um, yeah, it's easy. I think that's. I mean, I'm a huge Ladainian Tomlinson fan. Just always love play. Just always loved LT. I mean, that's not that makes me an outlier or anything. But uh, I think easy choice is uh, Jerry Jones. You know, you get 60 minutes. That's what he claimed on Thursday that he was going to sit tall for. It's 60 minutes of Jerry Jones dropping lines like circumcising mosquito. And uh, it's hard to it's hard to pass up the opportunity to hear Jerry Jones talk about uh, we talk talk for sixty minutes in his weird Texasism slang stuff. Is is Jerry Jones a Hall of Famer to you, Will? Uh, yeah, I think so, but not necessarily because of his GM skills. Maybe more because of his foresight into ownership. I, did, I mean, I think he's still building his Hall of Fame legacy right now. I mean, he he just shipped, he he he's he's the puppet master in all of these. You know, teams moving to Los Angeles and and, yep. and teams moving to Las Vegas. I, I I think what he's I think he he believes he's celebrated for winning Super Bowls as the Cowboys owner, and you can hear him talking on the broadcast. So you know he 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 wants to be the guy who gets credit for a modern Cowboys Super Bowl as the GM. But to me, the stuff that he's done from an ownership level in in making the um in making the in making the NFL money and in moving these teams around and controlling as a sort of de facto commissioner is more important than anything else. As a contributor to the game, he is definitely that. Will Brinson, outstanding work at CBS Sports, at Will Brinson, CBSSports.com. Thanks, Will. We'll do it again soon. Yo, Wes, take it easy, man. Have a good Friday. You got it. Will Brinson on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm with him. Jerry Jones for his contributions to the game, his power into the game. And while some may say, yeah, he did nothing without Jimmy Johnson – Look, he is definitely uh, worth the criticism for, uh, for splitting up what could have been more Super Bowls. But Jerry Jones, body of work, contributor, Hall of Famer. Come back, grab your phone calls, 345-0910. A few on Colin Kaepernick, some on the Redskins. And I, I do want to get to what um, the bad news in Blacksburg yesterday. 345-0910, Fox Sports 910. 835. Wes McElroy, Fox Sports 910. Thank you to Will Brinson of CBSSports.com. If you missed Will Brinson or my one-on-one with Trent Williams, left tackle of the Washington Redskins about year number eight, about the roller coaster ride of his time with the Redskins, his words, not mine, and where is his career roller coaster? Go check out the interview. It'll be podcast after the show at foxsportsrichmond.com. 
We'll check in with Michael Phillips of the Times-Dispatch about Jordan Reed's toe since he talked to Jordan Reed yesterday. I feel like we've been doing the, the medical report today. I feel like I'm a doctor. Talking about Ryan Tannehill's knee, Jordan Reed's toe. Unfortunately, we're talking about another injury, and that is in Blacksburg. Bad news for the Hokies, uh, an offense that needs to find playmakers. One guy that there was a lot of buzz around in the spring was Caleb Farley. Done for the year, knee injury. Justin Fuente saying yesterday he suffered a non-contact injury during Tech's first practice. We had Andy Bitter on from the Roanoke Times. He joined us. Andy's their beat reporter, and I asked him, why, why does this feel like a big injury for a guy that we've never once seen play? Well, it feels like such a hit because I think the fan base had sort of built him up into a, a great hope for this team this year after seeing him in the spring game. Uh, I'd like to caution that that was one practice, albeit a pretty uh, public one where he had a, a very good performance, but he had played receiver for about a week uh, going into that spring game. But I, I think that sort of showed you the potential that he had and some of the big play potential. And you know, when you lose guys like Isaiah Ford and Bucky Hodges, you've got to find eight capable players to replace them. And uh, that's sort of the question mark with this team right now is they don't really know, you know, after Cam Phillips, who all those receivers are going to be. Uh, I think Farley could have been a contributor in that. I don't, I don't think he was going to be an instant superstar, but he certainly could have helped his receiving core. I agree. There's a reason that the coaching staff moved him over. And uh, I did ask Andy, I said, is there, a, is there a pecking order? Like where do eyes and attention go to? And he said, right now, don't know. Because there's Cam Phillips and there's C.J. Carroll. James Clark is the grad transfer from Ohio State. Could be something. Henry Murphy shows a lot of potential. Uh, I know Lays, John Laser was with us. He, he's big on Khalil Pimpleton. There's Eric Kuma, Phil Patterson. There's, there's a lot of potential there, but there's a lot of unknown. And uh, even more now unknown with Caleb Farley out for the year. Also asked Andy about the quarterback situation. I know it's three days into practice, but I asked him, is it Josh Jackson's job to lose? Maybe. I, I mean, I... I probably install him as the favorite, but I, I think there's a whole lot of uncertainty there. Uh, and I, I'd say it's a lot more wide open than it was last year when, you know, ostensibly they had an open competition in August. I think everybody still assumed that it was going to be Evans as the guy. Uh, you know, I've said I think it'll be Jackson, but I'm a lot less sure that it'll be Jackson this year than I was it would be Evans last year. Uh, you know, I haven't really gotten any indication one way or another who's standing out in that competition. You can't really glean much from going out there and watching them. Uh, I think A.J. Bush took the first snaps the other day, but then, you know, uh, Jackson got some first-team reps, Hendon Hooker got some second-team reps. I truly think, you know, coaches always say it's an open competition. You've got to roll your eyes at him. I truly think this is an open competition for the quarterbacks this August. And I 100% agree with Andy Bitter, and that's what's going to make August a long month for Hokie fans because we as sports fans, we do patience about as well as a five-year-old wanting ice cream, and that's not well, kids. Want to hear the whole thing with Andy Bitter, uh, including some of the running back conversation? Go listen on podcast, foxsportsrichmond.com. And uh, Hokies coming in at number 22 in the coaches poll yesterday, and you all know how much I love coaches polls in the preseason poll, and that's, um, that's about as much as ice cream. And considering I'm lactose intolerant, I don't like ice cream. But five ACC schools in Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Louisville, and Virginia Tech. Uh, also, WVU, who, own, who the Hokies open up with, they came in at number 20. Uh, as I like to tell you each and every time this time of the year, 
Do not be angry. Do not flip out. Do not go in an enraged fashion if your school is not in the top 25. Also, do not get too giddy if your team is. Now, I will say this. It's kind of easy to go through the top five. By the way, your top five of the coaches poll, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, and USC. Which, look, if you want to build up the hype machine, not that I need any more hype for the college football season because I'm jonesing for it like many, it is going to be cool to open up week number one with one versus three, Alabama, Florida State, in Atlanta. I don't need those numbers to get excited about that matchup. However, I will say this as far as to support my argument about don't freak out about who's in the top 10, top 25, not getting votes. Last year's top 10 included Michigan State, Paulie, how many wins did Michigan State have last year? Three, and only one in their conference. Yep. They're pre- they had a bigger number in the preseason ranking than they did wins for the season. How many wins did Notre Dame end up with last year? Because I saw Notre Dame in November, and that was not a good team. By the way, Paulie flashing his Notre Dame polo shirt today. He doesn't even know how many games the Irish won last year. But, yes, they were in the top ten. Four games won by the Irish last yep. year. Yep. And, um, well – it wasn't a happy time to be around my bride last year because her Tennessee Volunteers were in the top 10 last year and they did not finish in the top 10. Ole Miss was in the top 14. They did not finish in the top 25. And then there's a school like Penn State who did not even receive, get an also receiving votes last year. And that was in the preseason poll and they ended up five in the final poll. So it's a poll. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to flip out about, but just don't take it to heart. I know, it's going to be a long August. But hey, what we try to do around here is continue to count you down to college football. It's brought to you by Cowan Gates. 11 attorneys on staff and there for you in any case. Cowan Gates. Michael Phillips, the Times Dispatch, the latest on Jordan Reed's toe. He actually talked to Jordan yesterday. We'll have that conversation or what it was about next on Fox Sports 910. It is, but sometimes... Once in a while in life, someone will come along and give you a free pizza. Like me. A $20 gift card. Chinello's Pizza, because it's a free pizza Friday brought to you by Chinello's Pizza. Caller number 5 at 345-0910 gets that gift card from our friends at Chinello's. Michael Phillips of the Times-Dispatch, Richmond.com, their sports editor. He spoke to Jordan Reed yesterday, Redskins tight end, who's not practiced in training camp because of this toe. And if you haven't gone to Richmond.com, if you haven't picked up a paper just yet, Michael joining us now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What did Jordan Reed say to you yesterday? Well, this is interesting, Wes. He said the toe injury has been with him since the end of the 2016 season. Uh, he was hopeful it'd just go away in the off season. It was feeling a little bit better. Uh, then he went out for minicamp uh, in D.C. Uh, it was not feeling better. Uh, which is funny because he was dominant all week at minicamp, so that tells you just how good he is. Um, but it was not better, so we went to see the doctors. They gave him a stem cell treatment on the toe, uh, and that actually made it worse. He said it flared up after that, uh, and now we got a bigger issue to, to deal with. So he told you also that the doctor said rest. Like, you cannot, you got to rest until this thing is fully healthy. And, Michael, what I've been talking about this morning is I'm not trying to set fear and panic throughout the land here, but my question is, kind of like what you're alluding to. Two things. One, if it's bugged him for the past year, is this not going to continue to bug him? And if rest is the only medicine, is there enough time to fully rest this? There's not. And this guy's going to want to play week one. You know how he is. And uh, certainly he's 
tried to hide concussions from the team before, which which we've talked to him about. So uh, that is not uh, something the team probably trusts him on at all, uh, hiding his pain to, to be able to play. And, uh, yeah, he's going to have a decision to make. I, I can't imagine this thing's fully healthy by week one. Uh, through the team, do you want to shut him down? Do you want to run him at, at 70%? He, he's a, a crucial element of the team, but he's also a guy who you've got under a long-term contract, and you got to be cognizant of that, too. You, you want him around for a long time. And here's the other kicker, because we're not questioning if Jordan Reed could play through pain. Like Michael said, he, he hit injuries or hit concussions beforehand, but something else that he told you, he said that this was he was compensating for the foot pain by rolling his ankle. That's a big. That's a big concern right there. Yeah, he was trying not to put pressure on the toe, and in the process, he was he was stepping in a way that that put him at a risk for rolling his ankle. At, at, that is absolutely a huge risk, you know. And you know, it's easy to say from here, well, that that's an obvious sign he shouldn't be out there, and obviously he should not be out there for training camp. Everybody agrees on that. Uh, but it gets a little tougher week one. Week one rolls around. This is a big season for the franchise, uh, and he's not capable or has not been capable uh, of self-diagnosing and resting himself. Uh, so the, the team's going to have to step in. And, you know, we've been down this road before, and in shades of Robert Griffin III, will the team do the right thing to protect its player uh, over the interest of getting him out there for the game? Well, there's definitely a wait and see, but there's also a wait and see to see if this hampers him season long. Michael Phillips, sports editor of the Times-Dispatch, Richmond.com. You can go read that today in the paper or online. How about the Preston Smith ankle? Here, here's a guy that we're looking at to see, can you show us something? You're in your third year. Can you be that compliment to Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith's ankle? What do you know about that? Yeah, well, you know, he's, he's trying to play through it. He, he tweaked it a little bit in practice the other day. He's very aware. He's uh, certainly under the gun this year. Trent Murphy's got a contract year this year. Preston Smith is up for renegotiation at the end of this year and then has one year left. Junior Gallette is on a one-year deal. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, of course, is locked down for good, and Ryan Anderson, the rookie, is here. Uh, so of those three, Junior Gallette, Trent Murphy, Preston Smith, uh, the team is not going to keep all three. You, you maybe keep two if they show you something, uh, but more likely than that, you're probably just keeping one and rolling forward with one of those three, Ryan Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, in future years. It's, it's a big year for all of them. Biggest takeaway from the first week of camp? We're going Thursday to Thursday. I know there's been a couple off days, but your biggest takeaway from one week? I mean, how can you not say Terrell Pryor? He, he's been insane. Uh, he, he's a jaw-dropper out there, Wes. You're out there watching those plays, and uh, he electrifies the crowd in a way you, you rarely see at a training camp. Training camp crowds aren't, aren't the kind that just kind of go nuts for things. And, and, man, that's exactly what they're doing. Very, very impressive. Um, I think my other takeaway on the other end, let's, um, let's pump all the brakes on the Nate Sudfeld bandwagon. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to make the team this year. You think they could possibly roll with two quarterbacks? I, 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 don't, I don't think they want to, but I think Sudfeld has been that bad this offseason. He has not made any strides at all. Uh, so unless they're seeing something behind the scenes developmentally, uh, I, I'm willing to go ahead and, and make that jump to conclusion here. We'll give him the preseason games. Uh, but if he doesn't show in the preseason games, I'm I'm ready to throw in the towel on him as an NFL quarterback. Best best camp competition, Michael. Yeah, man. I I think you look at your outside linebackers. That's a good one. I I think a, a decision they're going to have to make at some point here is who plays slot cornerback. You know, they're they're training Kendall Fuller there, uh, and let Bashad Breland play outside. But Breland's better in the slot, and I'm seeing a lot of good things from Fuller playing outside. 
Now, Bashad Breeland's not going to take it well if he gets his number two spot usurped by the second-year kid. But I think at some point you've got to say Breeland's just a slot cornerback. He's really good at that. He's got value to the team there. Uh, and so you got to get everybody to check their egos. That's a tough coaching job uh, to do from that perspective, certainly, to massage all those egos involved there. I'm very curious what Fabian Moreau brings to the table when he's healthy. Uh, coaches say he's a pretty sharp kid. He may still be uh, a year away, though, from being a legitimate contributor. Full coverage each and every morning in the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Full coverage each and every day at richmond.com. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I was going to say have a good weekend, but I'll probably end up seeing you tomorrow. I'll, I'll see you out at camp. Uh, you, back when Marcolini was, was producing, he would always get on me for how I said uh, Chanello's uh, on Free Pizza Friday. He said, <laughs> you apparently say it with a hard Chanello's. Chanello's. Uh, but I say, I say it more like a French bistro, Chanello's. It's all right. It's more um, more plugs, the more publicity, the better. <laughs> you bet. Take care, Russ. Michael, got you. Michael Phillips on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Once again, off today. No practice today. Tomorrow, Fan Appreciation Day. I want to say one thirty-five, and then back to uh, walkthrough and practice on Sunday. So you'll have this weekend to go out and see the Burgundy and Gold if you choose. I think the weather's supposed to be half decent. And Michael's right. I will tell you this. It is hard. I have had to, at certain times of camp, during drills, during 11-on-11, I've had, like, I've had to take my eyes, like, stop looking at Terrell Pryor because he is impressive. He is a specimen to watch, and he is fun, and he can, um, he can pull a ball down at any given moment. I, and, and, you know, let me also throw in Josh Doxson because one thing that Josh Doxson, the tools and the weapons they were talking about is his catch radius. He made a catch yesterday where that ball was not on point, and he had to squirm and twist, and he hauled it in. Just one week, but just a couple observations. That's it. We're done. We're out of here. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Uh, we're back on Monday. Mike Jones of the Washington Post will join us. Uh, probably going to have a Redskins player or two on the show. Baseball with Steve Gardner. Into college football. It's that time of the year. It's all coming together, kids. I go, go enjoy your last few weeks of summer. Go enjoy vacation. But the sports scene, things are starting to bubble. The water's starting to get warm. Okay, Soup's not done yet, but we're cooking here. We've got baseball down the stretch. College football camps opening up. Plenty of NFL storylines. You can find me on Twitter, at Wes, Fox Sports 910. Thank you to Trent Williams of the Redskins, Michael Phillips of the Times-Dispatch, Andy Bitter of the Roanoke Times, and Will Brinson of CBSSports.com. For Paulie V, running the boards, thank you to Robert Fish for jumping on the update desk all week long. I'm Wes McElroy, and you know me. Let it ride. It is out of here! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.